Doctor Strange. You think you know how the world works? What if I told you the reality you know is one of many? This doesn't make any sense. Not everything does. Not everything has to. Welcome, everybody, once again to another episode of Discussing Who. This is episode number 23, and tonight we're going to be talking about a doctor, and I'm going to specifically say a doctor because it is not the doctor, but it is a doctor and a strange doctor at that. Our subject tonight is Doctor Strange, the movie and the character from the comics. We'll be adding in a little bit of both the comic uh, history as well as talking about the movie. So if you've not seen the movie, put us on pause, come back, run out, go see the movie. It's very good. I'll go ahead and kind of give a spoiler there and say I thought it was very good. And come back because we will have some spoilers. So without further ado, who is the we we're referring to? Well, I'm referring to me. My name is Kyle Jones, as always. At least I hope that's still my name. And with me tonight again is Mr. Lee Shackelford. Hi, guys. Good I evening. What's going on with you, Lee? Oh, just uh, still a buzz from seeing Doctor Strange last night. So uh, eager to talk about it with you guys. Cool. Well, who is the other part of us other than Clarence Brown? Hey, Clarence. Hey, guys. Glad to be on again. And yeah, I'm excited to talk about this movie as well. You know, it's interesting. We have a movie that we're about to talk about that all three of us, just from the conversation we've had so far, <laughs> actually liked. We, we agree. You, you know, that's not happened since the last Marvel movie that came out. Which would have well, 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 the Marvel Marvel, not the um, not the Age of Apocalypse, which was Fox, but the Marvel Studios produced Marvel. And it may be like with um, uh, Civil War that we like different things. That's absolutely true. That's so, yeah. uh, without further ado, Clarence, since you are newer to the whole comic, uh, you know, universe, how much? Tell us how much do you know other than the movie? Or outside of the movie, how much do you know about Doctor? Who? Not Doctor Who, Doctor Strange. <laughs> Doctor well, Who? Yes, yes. So totally, totally. <laughs> Mister uh, Doctor. Yeah, Mister Doctor. Yeah. Uh, what's yeah, his name? Mister Doctor. It's strange. Yeah. I know nothing about him. Absolutely nothing. All right, Lee. I have a feeling you know a little bit more. So tell me, tell me about your history with Doctor Strange. It is um, appropriately a strange one. I. Um, always saw him in the background of the Marvel titles that I was reading where he would come in and out. And, um, in the household that I was brought up in, um, Dr. Strange had already been marked as being one of those books that, uh, good kids are not supposed to be reading. And, uh, so it was forbidden from the house, which of course made it all the more enticing. Did, did that come from a point of view of it being uh, the magic and religion kind of uh, knocking heads against, you, against each other or something like that? Or what? 
Yes, right on the first try. I, I don't remember what exactly happened, but some storyline in Doctor Strange sometime in the mid-70s made it uh, something that was becoming, it was in in these pre-internet days, what what it, what amounted to a national discussion. <laughs> and, uh, and so it got caught up in this, uh, should Christians observe Halloween thing and, you know, a, a lot of other stuff like that. So, you know, my parents just decided to play it safe and I could, you know, Superman and Batman were okay for me to bring home, but not Dr. Strange. So, but you know, like with all other things forbidden to uh, young teenagers, uh, I've got lots of friends who were not into that band. <laughs> so I just go over to their house and read Dr. Strange. And, um, but you know, um, once you have that mindset, I would sort of leave through the book and go, geez, maybe my parents are right. Wow. Um, but, um, but you know, uh, as, as the years went on, you know, I started looking at it again and uh, was happy to see reprints like from the very beginning, from the, the Steve Ditko days and, um, and to see that it's all pretty innocent stuff. And, and I really got interested in him and always wished that it was possible to make a movie about this character and the unique sub-universe of the Marvel Universe that he inhabits. Or I guess his universe is bigger than the Marvel Universe. But um, but I just figured, you know, there's technically, there's no way you can't depict that on the screen. That's never going to happen. <laughs> and lo and behold. <laughs> lo and behold. They yes. did. Well, my, you know, it's, it's similar to your experience. I did always see Doctor Strange in the background. My parents never said, oh, that's off limits, not because of any religious objections, more so that they saw comic books more as the word funny books, comic books, and didn't see, you know, hey, there may be some adult themes here, you know, not 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 sliding my parents in any way, but they yep. just, you know, never, never gave it that consideration. I always just saw Dr. Strange, like I said, in the background. It was kind of like Thor. I saw Thor in the mm -hmm. background. I didn't like the Thor artwork back in the days. I didn't like the whole uh, Norse mythology kind of feel to it. And similar to that with Dr. Strange, it was just kind of weird and yeah. When you went to the local groceries, not the, either the grocery store or the convenience store, and you're going to the racks, and you might see a Doctor Strange there sometimes, you might not. So it was either from being able to get them or the lack thereof, but it was just never <laughs> a, ooh, I can't wait to get a Doctor Strange, whereas, ooh, I can't wait to get Fantastic Four, I can't wait to get yeah. you know Justice League or whatever. So that's kind of me with Doctor Strange growing up was he was just kind of there in the background. And it's funny how when you think about how other comic heroes are, it is far-fetched even to say that they're grounded in reality, but they're easily explained, I guess is the way you could say it. You know, whether the origin be they're an alien or they've been injected with something that mutated them or blah, blah, blah. Even this is addressed in the movie uh, when, uh, when uh, Cumberbatch just can't believe this this mystic power is something that is even possible and you know we see his mind get broken as well so yeah i think that's pretty cool you know going back to the origin of of dr strange and even a little bit more so in the 70s you know i was reading an article uh i think it was either friday evening or yesterday afternoon that was talking about a lot of people during the 70s would partake of whatever 
drug they wanted to partake of of the time and read Doctor Strange simply mm-hmm. for the psychedelicness I can of, totally the, see uh, of the artwork <laughs> and all of that. And I can see people get stoned and watching this movie. <laughs> and you know, it's, the, a, it's a visual feast. And, and you go back and you look at some of the older comics and go in that same mindset of what you just said from going to see the movie. And Lee, yeah. wouldn't you agree there that a lot of it did have that wibbly wobbly psychedelicness oh, to absolutely. it? Absolutely. From the very first uh, outings, uh, Steve Ditko's imagination for what universes beyond logic would look like, you know, and, and he was getting that down in 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 uh, in black and white and four colors on paper, you know, and and some of that was just mind bending. And yeah, and that's exactly the stuff that I said. Well, if they ever make a big Doctor Strange feature, we're not going to see that, you know. And, and is that something that's just <laughs> indicative of the era, the, the '60s? I don't know when the book came out. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> oh absolutely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and, and it's uh, so weird that all of those comics mm-hmm. from Marvel, they all had that early, you know, from 61 with the Fantastic Four to about 66, 67, you had that explosion of creativity from, you know, Ditko, from Stan Lee, from, um, oh, Jack Kirby and all, you know, that whole group. And it's just like all of that just happened that we're watching on the big screen today. All of that happened in the early 60s. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Stan Lee, I think, is really the only one who's who's lived to see it uh, right. of, the, of that original group because he's 112 years old. So at least, <laughs> uh, you know. But um, I have heard, and I don't, I don't guess this counts as news for this uh, for this episode. But that um, they've committed at Marvel to shooting a bunch of his cameos all all at the same time. Yeah. I've oh, heard so that you said they did that because he's old. <laughs> yeah, that they've like they've shot his cameos for the next five movies, and they're already in the can. Right. Wow. So, well, like his cameo in Doctor Strange, you know, they could have shot that anywhere at any time. Yeah. Because um, the other characters who are in it could be composited into that. I mean, they're literally looking through a window, you know. So. Correct. Uh, so if they if they figured out how to do a lot of scenes like that, where they could, you know, <laughs> put him into the action wherever they want, I, I, I guess that's a sad comment that somebody has said. Look, guys, we better act fast if we're going to keep having the Stan Lee cameos. And, no, I thought I, I think it's. I mean, it's practical. Well, yeah, it is. You know, to pay homage to the person uh, who created all of this, mm. be do it while he is a still able to do it. Well, Clarence, what did you think of the origin? Uh, yeah, I must say I did not expect him to be a real world doctor, and I don't know if that's a movie invention or is this actually how he is in the comic books. Well, he's always brilliant surgeon Stephen Strange who loses his use of his hands in the car accident. Yeah. It's, wow. How yeah, could I not know that? I thought that I was so know. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, but but I thought his origin was pretty cool. Again, like Lee just mentioned, his brilliance uh, definitely uh, a a gifted doctor and. It's kind of a give and take. You 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 lose the thing that you love the most, or, or it's his super superpower in a lot of ways. Even previous to his uh, becoming Doctor Strange. So yeah, I thought that was that was really really good and well played. Uh, uh, they spent a lot of time early on showing the effects of him uh, losing his hands, and I thought that was uh, you know you, we've kind of been 
inundated by origin stories, but as far as the scope of the ones I've seen, I thought this one was really, felt really natural, and uh, I enjoyed it. So, Lee, what did you think of the adaptation of the first part of the origin? I don't want to get yet to the yeah. going <laughs> to, uh, you know, seeing the ancient one, but what did you think of the interpretation of, of, of what Clarence just discussed? Yeah, I, I was afraid that they were going to change that part of the story, and it's something that I've always thought was a, a strong part of the story, so I was hoping that they didn't, so I was relieved that they did not. And and also interested to watch it because in a movie, because... Um, you know, I, I'm I'm a storyteller and I teach I teach storytelling, so I was really getting interested in the fact that this is Iron Man, right? He's brilliant, he's beautiful, yeah. he's rich, he's got everything, and he loses it all in a moment of time, and now he's got to fight his way back to keep to saving his own life, and in the process, you know, uh, is going to become a hero. Um, it's the same story again, right? Exactly. Uh, that doesn't bother me in the slightest. You know, it's <laughs> it's yeah. not that we're that we've only got one story to tell. That's a great story, and it and it's it's real. It's it's a, it's a thing that really happens, and um, it's a story we sh- we should keep telling. You know, um, and it, and it felt even more grounded um, than than our man story. Agreed. I, I really agreed. Agreed. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, keep going with that thought, and then I've got a th- Clarence, and then I've got a. Th- uh, I'll, I'll add something to that. Yeah, well, I just want to mention one point of the movie that kind of <laughs> that kind of tick, it didn't tick me off, but I just noticed it and it started irking me because uh, there's a scene where he's like uh, sitting at his desk, uh, at a table on a computer, you know, researching, and he gets mad. And he like knocks it all off the table, mm-hmm. and like the very next scene, they show him and they show him standing up talking, and the computer is back on the table like he never knocked it off. Yeah, I know it's just the you know something they missed, but I'm like, Little, how did Marvel miss that? <laughs> oh, there are so many things going on on a movie set simultaneously that it's amazing that more continuity things like that don't happen. It's just, it's I always think it's amazing that anybody can ever keep track of of anything on a, See, on a hot set. All right, like that. All right, so Marvel, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Marvel I'm I'm gonna give Marvel something yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> Lee, I think you'll remember this. Do you do you remember a no prize? Oh, yes. Okay. So, Clarence, let me explain what a no prize is. <laughs> Back in the uh, late <laughs> 60s, 70s, early 80s, Marvel would give people a no prize in the letters page for people who explained continuity errors. They basically didn't get a prize other than being mentioned. But if you were able to give a good explanation of a continuity error... Uh, you got a no prize. So I am going to pr- uh, submit something for a no prize here. In regards <laughs> to the, um, in regards to the laptop that you just mentioned, what was actually <laughs> happening is the ancient one was already trying to get his attention and he he did not have the perception ability yet. He he had not forgotten everything he knew yet, <laughs> so therefore he could not notice that that went back on the table. There well, you I go. Think, uh, I, I think no prizes <laughs> may be the problem with comic, comic books as a whole. <laughs> well, that's right, yeah. They, without meaning to, they were ushering in the era of the retcon and the... And the yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. No, and, and I think even though even with retcons that uh, you have to apply Occam's razor too. So I think the simplest explanation is probably the correct one, which is that just he's he's so rich he's got twenty or thirty of those laptops. Oh, that's <laughs> even better. You know, I, I just yeah, that doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> well, good, but good eye that you that, that, that you caught that because it now it is a good catch. Yeah, yeah. very good catch. Yeah. And, and also, let me ask you guys: Do you think in this day and age where uh, we get these don't text and drive messages, which he's not texting. He has his hands on the wheel, but he's putting a lot of attention on that phone while going 100 miles out around curves. I, I was just, just about to say, the, the big message of this movie is don't text and drive. That's <laughs> that's really the big takeaway. And that's, uh, you know. So, so back, to, you know, back to his origin for a second. <laughs> One thing that I was going to mention earlier was, yes, his origin is pretty much a cookie-cutter from Iron Man, but the difference for me with watching this origin as opposed to the other uh, interpretation with uh, Tony Stark was uh, it made me think. Uh, the whole point of uh, you know that scene where Clarence was what you just referred to with the laptop and him standing there watching, uh, you know, looking out uh, whenever the, the other doctor comes in and he's talking about losing you know what makes him him you know how many times do we ever think about a what makes us us and b what would you do if you lost whatever that was that made us us yeah certainly so from they would go ahead no i'm saying and they would definitely pull it at the heartstrings on, on on his old origin i mean again like i can't think of another hero in which I kind of felt bad for truly uh, as I have with him. I mean, like you just said, losing something that you identify with so much uh, just just is, is, is tough. And in a way, he didn't use it for profit per se like Tony did. Yes, he did use it for profit per, per se, yeah. <clears throat> but not to the same extent. He's not a war profiteer like Tony. Right. <laughs> I mean, and that makes a big difference to us, I think. But but he's also a, a total a jerk to his uh, yeah. to his girlfriend and um he, you know we he, it's it's the way I I think in a satisfying narrative these characters have to be introduced. We have to show somebody being at the kind of heights that he is and then understand why we feel like he doesn't deserve it. True. All right, and so- then when he but then when it gets taken away from him, then, yeah. then we want to see what's going to, what is he going to do now? All right. So Lee, you just mentioned a character and I want to, I want to get your yeah. input on her. And if you remember this particular character, I do not remember her from the comics. So tell me, do you remember the doctor that he was friends with that was basically the love interest in the movie? Do you remember her? No, not at all. And I was looking for Cleo. Mm, interesting. Because Cleo is his love interest in the comics. Correct. And uh, But, you know, I, I also knew who Mordo was, too, from the comics. So we know that some games are being played with us in terms of the larger continuity. So we may yet see Cleo in the future. But, um, but yeah, I, I think this, is, this, uh, this character was an invention of this screenplay, and I thought a good one. She's a, a very effective foil for him, and... Um, and, and and his connection to the rest of the world. True, true. So, and Clarence, what did you think of her? 
Yeah, she was fine. I mean, I enjoyed her. I mean, again, uh, I think they played well off each other. Uh, I'd be interested to know about this Chloe. Uh, Clea. That you mentioned this. Clea, is she a magician yeah. or is she just a normal person? Mm, hold that hold that question. Yeah. <laughs> hold that question a little bit uh, to a little bit okay, later on. Yeah. Because yes, she is a person, but 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 hold that question. So we see him, uh, you know, realize that hey, money can't buy my hands back. You know, I can't get my hands back. And so he meets this person, the the Benjamin Bratt character, who has something that sends him on his way to off in the mountains to look for um, this you know, way of being healed. So we see this guy following him that's um, saving him from being beaten up, and that is, well, Mordo. Um, Clarence, tell me what you thought of him. Um, I thought he was, um, I don't know, he was a good introduction into trying to... um, I don't know, be, be uh, someone who could introduce um, the ancient one and all you know all that world world to him. He kind of he kind of was uh, I'm not gonna say a, a mentor, but in a way he was. Uh, he was kind of just the interim to to um, to Doctor Strange and actually beating the ancient one. So I mean, I, I liked him. I didn't think he was anything particularly special. Uh, I don't want to get into spoilers. Uh, what I really want to say is the end, but I'm, I'm going to save that. Uh, but as far as him during the movie, I thought he was okay. He was a good first kind of mentor, then transition to kind of a sidekick at the end. But yeah, I don't, I don't like how he he uh, actually transitioned in the first in the last five minutes of the movie. But other than that, I thought he's okay. All right. Um, so what, bef- what about you guys? Well, before I turn it over to Lee, I think it would be appropriate, and 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 Lee will understand why I'm doing this. Tell us really quick. I think it's okay to say the spoiler that you saw at the end. Tell us about that. Uh, so at the end of the movie, um, he sees that, okay, well, the kind of the whole thing in the movie is the ancient one is using the dark powers or the dark force or whatever it's called. I don't know. Maybe you can tell dark <laughs> the dimension. dark energy, the dark dimension. Uh, she's using that um, in, in a lot of ways, but uh, eventually Doctor Strange finds that you have to strike a balance in order to keep things from going crazy. And he, he actually has to use it himself. And he sees that you have to make deals sometimes to actually have peace, which is kind of analogous to what we have going on in the, <laughs> in the world today, uh, Iran, but still it's, 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 um, it's just Mordor just seeing that, um, he doesn't want to have anything to do with that. And he goes so far to the other end to where He's now doing bad things, which I just think that is just I I just can't see that transition happening by the end of this movie. It's just so far fetched that he would go from being the good guy, even though he sees people doing stuff wrong. He's unwilling to work with them to try to rectify the situation. But he just goes start the other end uh, tea party on them. So I, I don't know. All right. So having you said that, Lee, I think that would be quite appropriate to fill in a couple of blanks on uh the good baron yeah the story as i have grown up with it is that mordo is uh he is basically uh dr strange's lex luther so um 
And so I was interested to see him introduced there as another disciple of uh, the ancient one. And I thought, oh, okay, we're getting an origin story from Mordo too. Okay, cool. Yeah, I want to see where this goes. Because I don't remember really ever having been, having encountered in the comics sort of what Mordo's backstory was, what uh, his, his voyage was. All so. right, so here's my yeah. memory of his yeah. backstory, which is okay. very, very similar. That He was already there at being trained by the Ancient One before Stephen came. And he was pretty much, if I remember correctly, the heir apparent. Well, along comes okay. uh, Stephen, and it's more of a jealousy, or you've been, you're, you know, here's this upstart replacing me, and I've spent these years and decades or whatever, and now you've replaced me. So yeah. that is what I remember is the uh, Mordo's um, origin. And his animosity and his dislike t- toward Doctor Strange, it, and that makes sense. So it's just a, a a jealousy story. It's just you you got something that I think I'm supposed to have. So, and you know, Clarence, yeah, I, I think yeah. I like the way that you described that it happened in the movie better than it being a pure jealousy. You know, you you've replaced me because we've seen that. So many, many, many times before, yeah. I would rather him get disillusioned by seeing the ancient one tied into what they had been fighting, as a and and be kind of you know not heartbroken but you know shattered your perception of of this person you had been serving as opposed to why not me why not me why you know a little difference there yeah and maybe they had to change it just a bit because the enemy we do have in the movie I can't remember his name. But he is kind of the heir apparent right before Doctor Strange gets there. So maybe oh. they kind of took elements of, of That's him. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So they couldn't have two of these guys, you know, true. being heir apparent. True. And you did need someone working, other than Wong, working with uh, Doctor Strange. So I think at this moment it would be a good uh, segue into something a little older than Stephen and Mordo and Wong for that matter There's something <laughs> a little bit more ancient we've got the ancient one What, um, Lee I'll let you take that one first tell me <laughs> what did you think of the ancient one well I've already been on record on, on this podcast of, of saying that I, I didn't quite know how to feel about recasting this um, this Asian male, as I have always known him, <laughs> with a <laughs> with a, a European woman. Um, but um, after having seen it, now I got to say it's Tilda Swinton, and for and kind of with Tilda Swinton, all bets are off. You know, um, the the very first thing I ever saw her in was the brilliant, brilliant film Orlando, in which she plays spoilers, a man and a woman. And does them both perfectly convincingly. She she is sort of beyond gender. And and I found myself in, in watching her performance as the ancient one, frequently forgetting, or just not caring if she's supposed to be a woman or a man. I think they use the pronoun she in referring to her, but that's that's about it. Okay. And 
and and instead it what we got was her intense connection to strange as a human being and at the same time her extraordinary groundedness in the much larger multiverse that she experiences and that's what's important about that character so their gender is irrelevant and so i think that's a victory that's that's a victory for diversity in casting i think so that's all right that's, clarence take it i, li- I mean I, I i like what you said lee but clarence take it yeah i mean i remember when the internet erupted about this a while back but honestly I, it made zero difference to me. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed the actor that that portrayed Angel One. I thought it, I thought she was great, uh, very convincing. Um, you know, it it they could have went with with uh, convention and went with just some some Asian you know Asian guy, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I think this that would have been okay too. But um, and it maybe would have gave it more of a a martial arts feel. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but, but that being said, I, I did really enjoy her and I didn't have issue one with, with her, uh, being the actor. Now, if we have any listeners who are Asian, I would love to hear. <laughs> oh, because, definitely. Because none of us are. And so I could say, well, it's easy for us to say, you know, I don't care if she's Asian or not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're, we're not yeah. the we're not the offended parties. So yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you know, it, it's interesting. This goes back to our tenth episode when we were talking about changing the genders, changing the race, right. changing all, you know all the different aspects of a character, and does that impact the character? And here, in two cases, because I've 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 found this very interesting that. And I purposely didn't mention it until now because I wanted to see if either of you did mention it. And I've read nothing in regards to any uh, feedback that I've seen online about the change. But you took Baron Mordru, or Mordru, whatever, and turned him from a white man well, to a black man. That's right. And no one has made any, oh. you know waves about that which again the character was still the same character so it mattered not what the color of his skin was but everyone did have a you know an opinion or there you know there was a lot of swirling stories about is she going to be able to do it etc and so forth all because you've changed the sex of this character Mm -hmm. I, i just found that uh, quite interesting. I did also like the um, the joke at that particular uh, tangent when he walks in and he's looking at this elder <laughs> Asian person and he looks over and assumes that this is the ancient one and here exactly. is this woman yeah, giving him tea. Yeah. And oh, well, ooh, you're the... Oh, you know, and he then he realizes... And I think that tied in very well into forget everything you know. You know, get rid of your misconceived preconceptions. That's right. <laughs> Which that statement <laughs> that, in a lot of ways this movie felt a lot a lot lot a lot like the Matrix. Um in in, in a few ways, uh, just like the statement you just said. But as well, uh the movie to me it felt like a mixture of the Matrix and um What's the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, Inception? Inception. Um, I was to say Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, so, no, that so, was so, Batman so, versus so, Superman. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> yeah, so 
so yeah, it was a mix of those two. And and again, like I really enjoyed her. Um, you know, the fighting was good. The the um, you know, uh, we talked about this with uh, what's it the Scarlet Witch? What's uh-huh. her name from uh, yeah. Wanda Maximoff? Uh, w- yeah, with with the magic and how to, you know, you're doing all these moves, these magic moves and stuff, but you're not, you know, as an actor, that has to be something really hard to do and make look believable. And I think they pull it out in, off in space in this movie, you know, never once that I feel like they didn't believe what they were doing was real. So I really enjoyed that as well. Well, I like the fact, and I'm curious to what Lee thinks on this, I like the fact that they didn't try to over-science it to, to the point to where this wasn't them tapping into some futuristic technology that mimicked, um, you know, looking like spells or something to that effect. This was actually them tapping into some other dimensional energy and not be, you know, scientific. So, Lee, what did you, you think of that? You mean nobody said midi-chlorians? Is that what you're saying? Oh. <laughs> no, actually, there was a character. It's a DC character uh, called Abracadabra. And he, <laughs> uh, seriously, that is, that, that's Abra, A-B-R-A, and his last name okay, is Cadabra. Yeah, sure. And yeah. he's a magician from the future. And all of his magic tricks are technology from the future that come across as being... Sure. Um, you know, in the past, looks like witchery, so to speak. So I'm, well, I'm glad they didn't go that route. In the DC universe, we know that magic works just by talking backwards. Oh, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. Yeah. I mean, would you, would you have to admit they do use these? Um, what is the little bar they have on their fingers to open a portal? So they do have some type of technology in the, what they're doing uh, to a certain or, extent, or, or at least devices that channel the. The, the energy, yeah. energy. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and see, yeah. Marvel has, is known for that because one of the things that Stan Lee did at the very beginning was he loved alliteration. Look at look at the names. I mean, I think we, you know, <laughs> talked about the names before: Reed Richards, Warren Worthington, Bruce Banner, Stephen Sue Strange. Strong. You know, yeah. and 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 one of his favorite ones. I mean, I can hear him saying now th- this name, which is Dormammu. Dormammu. Yes, Dormammu. Dormammu, yes. Yes. And uh, which was the big bad from, Wonderful you know, names. from this. Yeah. And, and like another thing, I hate to go DC versus Marvel again, but they managed to still put a lot of funny moments uh, in their movies, which that that's a good thing to break the, you know, to kind of give you a, a a moment to catch your breath and laugh a little during the movie. Thank you, uh, thank you. Yes, uh, we we said what, Mister Doctor or Doctor Mister, whatever <laughs> right. earlier. It's it's strange, yeah. And also, uh, the the um the Asian guy, I forget you said his name a minute Wong. ago. To keep at the library, one. He's Wong. actually Kubla Kubla Khan in um in the uh, Netflix series uh, Marco Polo. So he he's right. real good. I, I enjoyed him. <laughs> he was pretty funny. The actor's name is Wong, in fact. Yeah. Oh, and really? There, wow. And, and there is another character, and I think he was the the one who was killed at uh, at the point where Stephen t- uh, takes uh, and starts fighting the the disciples of Dormammu, which is uh, they they called him Jericho at one point. They called him Drum at the at another point. Jericho Drum is. 
known as Brother Voodoo. And at yeah. one point, um, Stephen Strange was disgraced and had um, lost the mantle of Sorcerer Supreme, and Brother Voodoo became Sorcerer Supreme during that time. Forgot about that. Yeah. So, you know, kind of interesting that they, you know, included, and he died being Sorcerer Supreme. So, you know, that was that was interesting that they kind of wove that in there. But speaking of woven, you know, an uh, <laughs> unintended segue there, and 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 piggybacking off of the comedic aspect, what did we think of the uh, cloak of levitation? <laughs> awesome, uh, pure pure awesomeness. That's all I can say. It's great. It's great. And the way it's his protector, um, it, it reminded me a lot of the TARDIS in, the, in, in Doctor Who. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just like his friend. It's going to protect them any way it can. And I thought that was really awesome. What about you guys? Lee, what did you think? I, I thought I kept wondering if the humor was getting over the top. But, um, but, but what it reminded me of was exactly the point that Clarence just brought up, is that the thing that I'm not liking about the DC uh, comic movies is there this this uh, uh, oh, stone cold seriousness, <laughs> this unrelenting lack of cheer, and um, and in the Marvel movies there's always a moment like like the like the guys watching uh, Captain America kiss the girl in the Civil War yeah. and so on. You know, <laughs> there's little light touches as there are in life, <laughs> and. Um, if I had a misgiving about this movie, it is that my my recollection of Stephen Strange in the comics is that he's pretty damn humorless. Is that he's really grim and always kind of self-important. Yeah, and, he is. I mean, and, he, he doesn't uh, have a personality for the most part. That's it. Yeah, he really he really is the sum of his superpowers, and that's about all. And I thought, what are they going to do with that? And so they leavened it with humor. And, of course, I'm naturally, I'm a big fan of Benedict Cumberbatch, so I knew that he can do that. And I thought all the humorous moments really, um, really helped to, to to keep that movie grounded in a way so that we can stay connected to the characters while the while all of these fantastic things are going on. It's it's yeah, including the the, the cloak of levitation. It's it's great. Yeah, and, and also like the humor wasn't always just blatant. I'm trying to make a joke. You know, as far as the jokes uh, coming back, batch made in the movie, they were kind of dry, but they were still funny. But also, like, the magic that played into the jokes. You know, when uh, Wong is in the library and he's reaching through there to grab a book, you know. <laughs> just stuff like that. You wouldn't, you know, it, it's light light humor that is, is in that universe and stuff that actually makes sense, but not just an outright, I'm trying to be, you know. Yeah, it actually fit into the arrogance of his character. You know, what you just mentioned, the, um, you know, he's teaching himself and he's doing the teleportation, getting the books, which... You know, yeah, I did think that was funny, but I, I think it fit. It didn't seem over the top to me. Not yeah. at all. You know, what did you guys think about the um, the Doctor Strange equivalent of uh, <laughs> of throwing somebody in the, in the deep end of the pool to see if they can swim? <laughs> I thought that was really good. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm curious. What are you referring to? I'm uh, his, tri- his his trip to Everest. <laughs> ah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, you know what I think makes that acceptable for the characters who we understand are supposed to be good is that most of the storytelling there was on the Ancient One and Mordo standing there basically biting their nails, ready to jump in and get him, yeah. but also hoping that they won't need to. 
True. And uh, and and the the director was very canny about that. Is he he gives us a close up of the ancient one, uh, nervously sort of touching her fan. You know, it's just yeah, it, yeah. It, it, that's what we wanted to see. We wanted to see that she cares. We want to see that she's worried about this, but she knows this is how how to get it done, <laughs> and it works. You know, yeah, like no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, like you just said, Lee, those emotional ties where you know, um, uh, is it Morty, Mordo? Mordo. <laughs> he tries to, he tries to jump in and save him, and yeah. then, like you said, the ancient one with the fan. They could have just showed them having stone cold faces and and not done any of those small touches, right. but but those small touches actually ground the characters and make you want to root for them even more by the end of it. Uh, what are you going to say, Cal? No, I was going to mention something about the ancient one that I uh, purposely held off uh, talking about earlier. I've got a theory that probably will be proven incorrect, especially if they, and I'm sure they will, have a Doctor Strange 2, which um, if they have Clea in a Doctor Strange 2, which is something tells me that they took aspects of Clea and they took aspects of the ancient one and meshed the two characters together. And what made me think that is the ancient one, to my recollection in the comics, never had any type of a connection to the dark dimension, whereas ancient one in the movie had a connection to the dark dimension. And Lee, I'll let you elaborate on this. If, if what I'm saying is true... And Clea, or the combination of the Clea character and the Ancient One character, had a connection to the Dark Dimension. That would be why. Um, pass. Ah, you don't remember? <laughs> oh, come on, no. Lee. I expected you to have that one. Yeah. Clea is the sister of Dormammu. Right. Okay. Ah. Huh. Uh, I, re- so, I remember that she came from the dark dimension. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not, I may be totally wrong there, but if no, my memory uh, serves me correct, she is the sister of, of Dormammu. Dormammu. Well, I just, I just happened to have uh, Marvel.com open here to the page about Clea, um, <laughs> and, and it says, and it says that she's born the daughter of Prince Arini, who is the legitimate heir to the rule of the dark dimension. And uh, Umar, who I suppose is female, sister to yes, the sister to the then current ruler Dormammu. Okay, so she is uh, Dormammu's niece. Ah, okay. Well, I knew she was related, um, so I was wrong. Yes, but still, but, rela- in any case, but was right on the related. Yeah. Wait, are we talking about Dormammu, the big floating head? The big yeah. floating head. Yes. It yeah, exactly. Kids. <laughs> well, okay. he, he was more. Um, more standard uh, issue human size in the comics, but the uh, that effect of what his face looks like was always that's the way uh, Steve Ditko drew him, and uh, yeah, I I, lo- I love the way they they brought that to uh, uh, motion three dimensional motion life, but um, but yeah, my my recollection of Clea in the comics is that she she served sort of the Aunt May purpose is that she was always in trouble. And Strange has to decide whether he's going to tackle the villain or is he going to save Clea. And um, sometimes he chooses well and sometimes he chooses poorly. And uh, just about the time that I was able to start reading the comics regularly was about the time when he decided the only way to keep her safe from all these supernatural threats was to put her in a pocket dimension where she will be alone. 
but she'll be safe. And it means saying goodbye to her and marooning her in this, this uh, terrible place, but she'll be safe. And he does that, and he sends her to accidentally or whatever, however it happens, he sends her back to the dark dimension with Dormammu. Oops. So then he's got to go get her. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, the more I think of it, other than Clea, he is the only Marvel character that I can think of that does not have that steady love interest. You know, you know, you, you, you look at all the Marvel characters from, from that generation, and all of them had a steady love interest. And, she, and if not, look at Peter. He's had, you know, many. And I mean, of course, Mary Jane is the primary, but, you know, you've got Gwen Stacy, and you've got Betty Brandt, and you've got et cetera, and so you've got Felicia Hardy, exactly. you know, keep going and going. Yep. Look at Scott. Karen Page. Right, mm-hmm. Karen Page, yep. all of them. So, um, you know, I just, you know, find that interesting with, with Doctor Strange, and it goes back into, I think, what we were saying about his character being so much about his powers and not about the persona. You didn't have a person to play off of everything i think dealt around him being dr strange not him being steven as well yeah Mm -hmm. so question for you guys in the comics did he always have a control of time like he had in the movie my recollection is that the eye of agamotto was sort of like um i would equate it to the time turners in um, the harry potter universe is that it exists, but you really ought not to play with that thing. Mm, and right. so opening opening the eye was was a big deal. It was like when all else has failed, then Open you can the call eye the eye of the like, tomato. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but but not before. And uh, and and that, uh, as we saw in the film, that allowed him mastery of time, but only through the use of the eye. And that's mm-hmm. how I remember it. Which we later learned is an infinity stone. Um, yeah, and I think that's a total retcon because <laughs> yeah. I think that is not in the comics. No, that is not in the comics. That 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 is my for the purpose of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I get it, but for the purpose of, nah, you didn't really have to go there. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know. But I get it, considering the fact. Yes, we got to tie this in so that he can be in the other movies. Yeah, I get that. But that was the one thing I didn't like was the, you know, okay, oh, well, it's not really a mystic artifact. It's really, here's one of the Infinity Stones. Da, 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 da. Well, and tell me <laughs> if this bothers you for the same reason it bothers me, is that every time that we get winked at about the Infinity Stones, we know where we're going with this, and it has been... How long now that we've been building up clues about the Infinity Stones in each the of these first movies? Captain America, I think. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, holy smoke! Talk about putting pressure on the the <laughs> where this is ultimately going to go. It's like the the film that we're that we've been teasing for ten years can't possibly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I just I'm, th- I'm thinking Phantom Menace here is what I'm thinking. No, I'm I'm just thinking. You know, I, I keep seeing myself. I want to go out and like buy myself this huge you know since they keep showing them i feel like i need to go buy some kind of like big huge glove or something <laughs> you know to, just, like just so that i can wear them on it you know like a yeah. like a gauntlet or something yeah so that's silly yeah you know you know uh 
something, and, and I need to be like a big, huge alien with 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 wrinkly chins. So, <laughs> yeah, who we've already been teased. And, who, who we've already we've seen. Already, yeah, and so we've already seen with with it's Thanos. Just, holy smoke! So yeah, I just uh, every reminder about the Infinity Stone just make me think, man, we're expecting a lot from Thanos. There's just there's just no way that this is going to be able to live up to this level of hype. But I don't know. I don't know. But but I'm going to give them, you know what, I'm going to, I, I will have a, if I had to bet between hype of Justice League, hype of Infinity War Part 1 or whatever they're going to call it, I'm sorry, my bet would be solid Infinity War. Well, I hope you're right. I really do. I mean, I, actually, I would hope it would be a draw and both of them be good. Yeah, yeah. but one has a track record and another one. <laughs> and I think so, Lee hit the, uh, you know, the proverbial thing that needed to be hit or however you want to say it in <laughs> saying that we've been building up for it for 10 years. Well, the fact that we have been building up for it for 10 years, I think, may be part of what's going to make it work. Yeah. All right, Clarence, you were about to say something. No, I was just going to ask, uh, what did you guys think about the fi- the, the final fight? Was it really a fight, the final encounter with the enemy at the, at the end of the movie? Um, what do you guys think about that looping time thing? Uh, All right. To kind of like he kind of Steve Urkel him to be honest he just kind of wore him out. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, That's right. What, what 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 do you think about that? All right, Lee, go for it. I, I thought it was brilliant, and I really I really enjoyed that. What it reminded me of was um, sort of the climax of Ant Man, also, which I enjoyed for a lot of the same reasons. Is that one of the the paradigm that we've been taught about these films right now is that they have to end in a giant slugfest, and I was really hoping this film wouldn't have to go that way. Um, there's still a lot of fighting in this film, too much for my taste. But, you know, I wanted him to outsmart him. I wanted him to be smarter than Dormammu in the end. And and he is. That's that's, that's To me, that's very satisfying. Uh, and the realization about how to save Hong Kong as well. And and the uh, the sanctum in, in Hong Kong, you know, it's it's all you know when the day is done. It's it's just about being smarter, being a, uh, into understanding you know what your abilities are better. It's just I, I thought that was terrific. You guys, all right. Well, yeah. f- for me, I, I I felt like for a second there I was watching hell, uh, not hell bent, but heaven sent for a minute, <laughs> you know, yeah. with the whole dying and That's dying right. and dying and dying and dying over and over and over again. I was like, okay, where have I seen this before? <laughs> but I did like how, like you the said. Strange got killed a different way every yes, time. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But he kept coming back, he kept coming back to the point of he did make a deal. Yeah, Which I was wondering, how, how did he keep coming, how did he keep rewinding time if he kept getting killed, uh, didn't really understand that part. Well, remember they I, said that it the same was... same way the doctor did. Right. And remember <laughs> they said something about, uh, you know, it's very dangerous playing with time because you will, you could get caught in a loop, you know, and, an, yeah, they, and yeah, living that they, same moment over and over. Well, he basically created a loop that, gotcha. that they were stuck in. That makes a lot of sense. Together, right. Huh. And interesting, I was reading this afternoon, the voice of Dormammu 
was a split track combined of Cumberbatch and someone else. I don't know who the other person was. And they melded the two voices together to uh, come up with the voice that they used. Interesting. You you know where that technique was first done? Here's some movie trivia for you. Oh, oh, oh uh, because they, the only reason I know this is because they mentioned it. Uh, Lord of the oh. Rings. No, no. Okay. Long before that, yeah. Okay, 1956, yeah. The Ten Commandments. Ah. Uh, God, God's hmm. voice is it's Cecil B. DeMille and Charlton Heston. Wow. Ah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. All right. So you know, uh, we were talking about the, uh, the 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 ending scene. You know, I kind of like the fact that it got into it was yes, it did have the blowing up, the explosions, etc. Um, I thought it was interesting how Wong had the, um, you know, don't use magic for this, don't use magic for this. But when that same magic brings him back and saves him, he's like, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. Keep going. Do, keep, keep doing it. That's fine. You saved me. Yeah, that was weird. I did like the changes that they made to the Wong character as more so giving him his own equal uh place as necessarily just being basically the butler that he was uh, and you know in the comics that's right yeah in the comics he is really more of a uh, non-entity he's not even alfred he's he is sort of a yeah but they refer uh, to him as the manservant right you know so he like you said he he doesn't have much of a character in in the comics So, so have, was, no, go ahead. That was definitely an improvement. Absolutely. So, uh, trivia question time. The uh, artifact that Wong used, uh, Lee, do you n- remember or know what the, what the name of that artifact is? Um, I remember saying, "Whoa, they just name checked something major from the Marvel universe," and now I've. Um, but now I can't. I'm blanking on what it's called. The wand uh, of. Remember, wand yeah. of one tomb. Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, what I'm thinking of is uh, the uh, the weapon that uh, that Mordo had in training. Oh, okay. Was that the Crimson Bands of Sidorak? Perhaps. I think that's from Doctor Who. Uh, no, no, no. There is, there really is a, um, because uh, the because Sidorak is the same. Uh, another trivia thing here: the the Crimson Bands of Sidorak are some unbreakable, supposed to be magical bonds that Doctor Strange uses. However, Sidorak is the entity, the demon entity that powers the juggernaut but it comes from the gem that the juggernaut touched oh, to, to, to become the juggernaut so interesting there all right so on an average i think we've pretty much uh given the entire movie except for one thing there was a mid-credit scene that pretty much tells us where dr strange will show up next so yeah. <laughs> uh, either of you take take it. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt uh, if I may to to say I thanks to Google. Uh, what uh, what Mordo has is the staff of the Living Tribunal. Ah, oh yes, 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 yes. You're right. You're right. 
and yeah, the Living Tribunal is like equal to one of the Infinity Stones in the in the Marvel Comics universe. So, I mean, that's a, a yeah, it, it is an entity unto itself. But but the, but the I don't think you ever told about the um, the artifact that um, that Wong had. Yeah, that was the, that was the the wand of one tomb. Oh, that's what that's called. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what it does, but 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 I, I rec- <laughs> you know I recognized it from just remembering. Huh. You know, Marvel stuff over the years. I was like, okay, that looks familiar. Yeah, it's basically an abacus. One, two, three, four. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, so uh, mid credit sequence. <laughs> all right. So Clarence, tell us about it. Uh, I guess we're referring to the Thor sequence. The th- right. Thor. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, it seems like uh, Strange is taking over, taking the uh, his role as the leader of the New York. What is it called? Sanctum Sanctor. Sanctum. Uh, seems like he's taking it pretty seriously as he's trying to get, to get um, I guess, all the superpower people out of the city. I don't know if that was his goal, but I think he asked Thor, well, what would it take to get him to leave, I think. And he, he says he's <laughs> yeah. here for his brother, and he says we can find him or something like that. So I thought that was weird. I didn't completely understand it. <laughs> Uh, why is he trying to get rid of them? But maybe he's trying to clean up the well, city. I, I, I took it more so that not necessarily superpowered people, but more so keeping magic under control. So the Asgardian uh, things are magic. Oh, well, they always were in the comic, wouldn't you say, Lee? Well, I, I keep thinking about an interview that I saw with Stan Lee many, many, many years ago where, uh, at a convention where somebody in the audience asked him, how do you um, reconcile the world as we know from a Judeo-Christian point of view with the gods of Asgard and you know ancient Greek gods like Hercules being in the story and magic and Doctor Strange? You know, and I thought, what a great question. I really want to hear his answer. And he said, how the hell should I know? <laughs> Very good uh, I'm, I'm voice. I'm just making this stuff up. You know, it's just a story. You know? it's so, <laughs> so, you know, there was never an attempt before to make a sort of unified field theory of the Marvel Universe. Um, and um, But I know that there was an idea that if we're going to make movies about Thor, that now we got to start making this into a science. Asgard's another planet. Basically, these are people from another planet. Okay. <laughs> um, kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was kind of me too. It was like, you okay? Yeah. Uh, but but you know, um, I mean, and some of this is even, you, you know, the silliness of this. Some of this has even gotten settled in court as we continue to 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 uh, to fight out who's got rights to these characters. So now Wanda is not a witch; she's a mutant, or is it the other way around? Correct, exactly. Or is she an inhuman? Or is she whatever? Right. And th- and that's you know we know this is this is yeah this is just stupid and it's just because of this Fox Disney split about who's can use these characters and <laughs> sheesh. So um, well, so yeah, uh, I I think it's magic. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I, I think magic exists. Thor is a magical person. Strange is a more magical person. He feels like there's too many sorcerers on this planet, and that's what's. If there's anything cool about Mordo's turnaround, it is that he says the same thing. Exactly. 
Exactly. So they're going to try to solve the same problem. So they become doctor and the master. You know, they want it, they've got, they want the same things. They just want them from completely different points of view. Exactly. So, and um, you know, whenever you're talking about the difference of who owns what, I mean, that reminded me of a couple of about well, not a couple of years ago, about ten, fifteen years ago, um, DC had to stop publishing Superboy and had to actually kill off the character that was Superboy at the time because the family heirs to the, I think it was either the Simon or Schuster, I'm not sure which one, but are the, not Simon, Siegel or Schuster, which, which one that it, the family it was, but they had already lost their claim on the Superman character. So by the next wave was, well, we want, we're going to try to get rights to Superboy. So DC had at that time to stop publishing anything related to Superboy. So, I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, and that's, that was in court for decades. So. Mm-hmm. Well, for a long time, there wasn't a human torch either. Co- correct. You know, yeah. for the same reason, because, you know, because there was a TV studio that wanted to develop him as a standalone series, but it meant that they couldn't use him in the comics. Correct. So and, and, and in the car, that's why we have Herbie. <laughs> we had Herbie, yes. And they were the fantastic 3.1, I guess. Right. Anyway. All right, so back back to that, <laughs> uh, you know, Mr. Doctor or Mr. Strange or whatever his name was. Uh, Clarence, what would you rate on a one to five? What would you give the movie? Uh, well, I want to ask you guys real quick. Did okay. you see the movie in uh, regular uh, cinematic format or 3D? 3D. I did. What about you, I did a, um, and I think I did this one more for the fact of I, you know, have bad hearing. But there, there was a version that had this new kind of, and I felt uh, like a Centauran was supposed to show up because it was called Atmos, <laughs> but it was the Dolby uh, Atmos. Yeah, yes. the Dolby Atmos, and I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to that version to see if I can tell any difference with the sound. So that was the version I saw. Yeah, um, I, I as well saw it in 3D, and man, this is just like a beautiful, beautiful movie to watch. It's just visual overload. Um, the the point when um, the angel went first uh, tries to unlock unlock his mind, uh, so like the Matrix, they unlock his mind. I I, I was just floored, and my brain hurt. <laughs> like that scene in the very first scene when she's uh running through the city uh my brain was just like i, I don't know if i'm able to take this in 3d but um i really enjoyed the visual aspect aspect of it i enjoyed getting to see the this character that i knew zero about zero about going in and i really enjoyed it and it's good to have uh to see a comic book movie where you don't know anything about the character and go in and, and be wild so um i'd have to give it a five i'd really enjoyed the movie and I think anybody who goes and watch it should have fun with it All right, Lee, what about what you, you guys think? yep same 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 and I know you 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 picked on uh, me and Clarence last time for saying <laughs> yeah. that we agree each other but <laughs> but when he's right he's right so I'm just you know uh, but but yeah yeah it, it is it is worth uh, seeing it in 3d for the trippiness of the things that I was hoping were going to be trippy so um uh, I'm, I'm prone to a little bit of motion sickness, uh, so I was a little uh, worried about seeing it in 3D, but <laughs> I, I went ahead and did it, and um, 
uh, even after being scared by somebody who had seen it in 2D and said, well, you'll need to take Dramamine before you go in. <laughs> so, but, um, but no, I, I had no, uh, no trouble with it and just felt that it was uh, not just a good – this is a rare thing these days, not just a great movie, but also a great movie in 3D. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, yeah. in the future, we're going to be watching it on TV and uh, it'll be flat and uh, it's still going to be a great movie. And I'm glad that I saw it in the theaters in 3D. Well, now you're making me want to go back and watch it in 3D. But yeah. since I did make the joke about the two of you agreeing, so I'm going to fill up that added a little bit of extra <laughs> time with, with just, a, just a little tidbit, Lee, that I think you'll very much enjoy. Uh, I was watching an episode of a Fox uh, show called Scream Queens a couple of weeks ago, and they were doing a Halloween episode, and one of the doctors, well, they're set in a hospital this season, and one of the doctors was, uh, um, you know, like, all beat up and, uh, you know, blood, you know, just like covered in blood in his uh, outfit. And one of the other characters looked in and said, oh, well, what are you supposed to be? And he said, oh, I'm the script from Superman versus Batman. And she said, oh, yeah, bloody mess. Oh, <laughs> bloody wow. mess. So, you know, had to go there. Keeps on giving. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. So uh, what do I think of it for everything the two of you just said? You know, I, I thought it was great. Even in, uh, you know, uh, this, it sounded great in 2D. I'll put it that way. And I really enjoyed the movie. A, because like like you both have said, you know, Doctor Strange as a character really didn't have a personality at first in the comic to some degree. And I found myself, A, thinking, you know, like I did at the mentioned at the very beginning, and B, I liked the fact that it made me laugh and it kept me entertained and it, 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 it added a like to Doctor Strange that I didn't have before. And that is the same thing they did with Iron Man, which made me like Iron Man in a way that I had never... I, you know, from being a kid, never liked before. So for that, I give it a five. So awesome. I think we have pretty much uh, talked about the good Doctor Strange, not Doctor Who, but Doctor Strange. So gentlemen, uh, you know, I want to see if anything you guys have in closing, anything you're working on or anything you want to share with us. Uh, Clarence, I'll let you go first. I don't really have anything at this time. Uh, just happy to be on another episode, and yeah, really enjoyed the movie. What about you guys? All right, Lee. I'm I'm now trying to remember the end credits, the the end of the credits scene, <laughs> Doctor Strange. So I'm still back on that. We we had the we had the the little conversation with Thor. Oh oh, it was it was the scene with with Mordo, of course. Right. I mean, and see, okay. I actually missed that right. one because I didn't know there oh, were two. Okay. I missed that one. I mean, I've I've, I've read you know mm-hmm. what happened, but I actually missed it because I thought, oh well, they showed it mid credits, so that's it. So I went ahead and left. Go. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, I, I, it was worth definitely worth seeing. Seeing should have should have been. I think they should have just replaced the Thor one with that one because because that one made more sense. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the Thor yeah. one did to me, and you know you could yeah. throw away the Thor one and not care about it. But I think you need to see that last uh, credit scene. Yes, and the and the Thor one clearly takes place much later in time, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, just because Strange has settled in at the, the Sanctum in Bleecker Street and <laughs> right. all that stuff. Anyway, um, but yes, getting back to answer your question, relativitypodcast.com. Go check it out. I can't wait for that, actually. You know, Excellent. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm glad. And, you know, and I'm, I'm going to put him on the spot, even though he's, you know, uh, already agreed to it. You know, we will be interviewing you soon about uh, what you've got planned for that. So I'm going to put him Boring. on the spot. <laughs> you know, like I've said before, I enjoy interviewing you, Lee. So that's always fun. What I'm really hoping is that uh, my partner in crime on this, Elena Jordan, I'm hoping that we can get her on the show. Oh, absolutely. Yes, she has an so, open invitation. That will be fun. Excellent. Yeah. Absolutely. She's a lot more interesting. Um, so. yeah. Well, I'm sure. So on that, you know, I'm going to give you on that one. I don't usually disagree with you, but I'm going <laughs> to disagree with you on that. I mean, I'm going to agree with you on that one or whatever there I'm supposed to say. Yes. yes. Uh, all right. supposed to agree with Yep, exactly. So within a, a couple of weeks, I know all three of us will be back uh, w- of watching a, 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 p- a powerful serial uh, that was filled with little uh, mutated creatures and a like hard shell going around saying exterminate. So um, can't wait to see the animated uh, power of the Daleks. Oh, yeah. Like for a minute, I thought you were talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah, Turtles. Okay. Yes. I was me like, too. okay, my brain's getting tired because I almost <laughs> wanted to say Are? mutants in a half shell or something. So we'll be back. I know all three of us together doing uh, Power of the Daleks soon. And uh, we may even be back, all three of us together uh, before then. Who knows? Because that's a couple of weeks off. But in the meantime, gentlemen, uh, it has been a pleasure. And Clarence, if you would like to share with everyone how to get in touch with us. Uh, yeah, just go to discussingwho.com slash uh, subscribe and you can uh, see all the ways you can subscribe to the show. Uh, also, t- you can go to iTunes if you want to just go there or we're on any of, the other, any of the other podcast platforms. You can find us there as well. Visit us on Facebook and Twitter with, at Discussing Who. Good deal. And if you do go to um, and if you do go to iTunes, please uh, li- feel free to leave us some feedback because feedback helps to promote us on iTunes. I see. You know, of course, we want to hear from you, but we also uh, would like some feedback on iTunes because it helps uh, people discover our podcast. So, you know, please do that. We'd very much appreciate it. So, gentlemen, unless you have anything else, and as we usually say. We are out of here. Out of here. You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.